Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. You're listening to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host and professor, if you will, Anna David. You know what we do here. If you're new, you don't know, but maybe you've picked it up from the title, which is, you know, we talk about building a business from your book, launching books, all the things. Oh my God, I really don't have words to talk about this episode. If you don't laugh uproariously while learning things that blow your mind, well then you need to listen again. In fact, that's a great idea. Go back once you've heard this and listen again. Uh, Today on the show, first time ever, two guests at the same time, twice the fun, 2,000 times the fun. Their names are Zara Barry and Dana Troisi. They, Jesus, how do you describe them? They're both writers who have gone viral online. Uh, They've written for Elite Daily. Uh, Dana's the editor of Go Magazine. Um, They co-host a podcast called Girls Interrupted, Girls with a Z. It's all about so many things, but mostly mental illness. Oh my God. I mean, any podcast where they end it sort of being like, okay, well, what meds are you on? It's a podcast for me. Um, they, Dana's a professor. Uh, they're big, you know, social media influencers. Uh, Zara has a uh, audio drama called Girls on Jane. I, oh, I should mention Zara's the author of Girls Stop Passing Out in Your Makeup, which I recommended on my KATU segment. And they are just so fabulous. We recorded this, um, I was going to say live. Well, it's always recorded live. Well, no, you know what I mean. We recorded it in a studio with great lighting, so we looked gorgeous, and there's a video. Uh, so I highly recommend checking out the video, and I highly recommend listening to this episode, and I highly recommend stalking these uh, fabulous women. If you would like to know where you can stalk them, all you have to do is go grab the show notes, and you will get them at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash Girls with a Z. And now I give you Zara Barry and Dana Troisi. So, okay, so we're going. Yes. This is the best time I've ever had, and it's just started. <laughs> so, um, so, okay, so what we're talking about today is going viral slash building an audience so that you have people who are eager to read your book slash buy your book when it's out. So um, your voices are very different. So I think people will tell, like be able to tell the difference, yeah. but give a little like, hi, 
Hi. Okay. Hi. <laughs> <sound> like <laughs> I've never had two people on at the same oh, time. Oh, okay. So we're First three barriers. Well, I'm Zara. And uh, I'm the, I'm, you're probably going to say this in the intro, but I'm an author of Girl Stop Passing Out in Your Makeup. And this is Dana Troisi. You're, you're like my work wife. I am Dana Troisi. I'm Zara's work wife. Or I'm the co-host of Girls Interrupted with Zara. And I'm the managing editor of Go Magazine. And I'm working on a book right now. And I'm a professor of creative writing at Hofstra University. Ooh. We do have voice. Our voices sound exactly the same, which doesn't help. I don't think they sound They good. don't sound the same at no. all. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. I feel okay. like people, yeah. If okay. you're if you're at all confused, write in. Yeah. Um, so because I will remember every word that's said. <laughs> now, what you guys have in common, aside from many other things, is having gone viral online and building an audience from that. So let's talk about that, Zara. What was your first piece that went viral? My first. Okay, so I've had the first piece I ever wrote. It was my first job as a staff writer. It was for Elite Daily, and it was why it was so stupid. 10 reasons why your hairdresser is your best friend. Oh my God. Because, but what was interesting is every hairdresser reposted it and everybody tagged their mm -hmm. hairdressers and it got like a million page views. And then I think my second one was like a really salacious sex and dating one. Um, but I'm so grateful to both of them because I would say overnight I went up in followers like 5,000 each time. Yeah. But that was a very different time, I think a little bit. What but year was that? This was probably 2014, 2015, mm -hmm. and things got really viral on Facebook. That mm -hmm. was like the age of- Facebook was a great place. It was such yeah. a great place. And it was also, like most of these digital media publications have since shuttered. It yeah. was just the time, and that part of it was because Facebook changed its algorithm. Yep. And then the pieces weren't going as viral, but what I took away from it was that I built my own audience. Yep. So they followed me and I don't have to, necessarily spend my life chasing Facebook algorithms. It's like, it's very demoralizing way to live. It's yeah. so, especially because Facebook's now evil. It wasn't it's, even evil then. I know, no, it was like, it was pretty nice. I mean, I got horrible, The comments nasty, were not nice, yeah. But you, you know you've made it when you get nasty comments. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> okay, wait, before we go to Dana, because I, I will forget. Uh, the, the one thing that, that was really interesting is this idea about, so every, Every hairdresser shares it and everyone tags their hairdresser. So like, it's such a good, like, come up with something yeah. that every person is who does this is going to be super flattered. And then every person who loves the person mm -hmm. who does this is going to want to tag them. I don't know what else besides hairdressers no. would be good. But like, how about like, write a thing about like, why every dog walker is your best friend? Why? Yeah. Just like, like make some make a profession sound amazing. We right. did one about lesbian bartenders, and that went like bonkers. I've, I've, I've yeah, I've, I've really like banked on that concept a lot. It's a, it's a great concept. You yeah, just think who is gonna like who are the people who's gonna tag that have a yeah. letter on social media? Hair yes. people. Hair people are there. They're there. You yeah. know. But if I'm like you know my favorite bank, they're not gonna be there. Not that I would ever write that. <laughs> I have a bad relationship with every bank I've ever had. But that was um, and also you know. The good thing was I I do feel like the piece also held like it was still it was a good piece. right you know, it wasn't just too. clicking I'm mm. sharing the title yeah because at that stage I think like the average time on page on our site was like 20 seconds or under 20 seconds and that it, that one had a good time on page so I feel like you you can hook them but then you mm -hmm. have to keep them there yeah Dana sure. what was your first piece that went viral. It was called Getting Slutty at Amp Camp, mm. and I wrote it for Jezebel. Mm. And um, What's it, Amp? 
amp camp yeah so i'm um i'm an amputee i'm missing my left arm below the elbow and um when i was younger i used to go to this camp for kids with limb differences and it was a personal essay um about i think i forgot the camp was called something obviously not amp camp but that's what we all like called it and it was just a personal essay about my experiences at this camp and i think it went viral for a very different reason but it was something so oddly specific but Mm. also like very universal because so many people have gone to camp and it was kind of about like bonding like in the bunks like talking like have you ever given a blowjob like before you go to bed at night with like your bunk mates so it was like this oddly like very very specific experience that most people don't even know what the fuck it is but is it okay to curse on this podcast yeah please do um but something that everyone could sort of relate to um, and the art, I think the art definitely drew people in. I, I do, I'm very proud of the essay, but there was also like this fantastic piece of art to go along with it. And it was like a lunch, like a little like lunch. What, are, what is that? Like a, a, a bench? Like where, where do kids eat lunch? Like a bench. Um, and it was like, <laughs> sorry, I was like, literally had a stroke. And it was like um, a prosthetic leg, legs like intertwined with each other and like prosthetic arms like intertwined with each other. Um, and that, yeah. And I actually got a, like ve- mostly positive feedback from that but a lot of it was like um we we talked about this on our podcast that anna was a guest on like unlikable narrators and people were like she's such a fucking asshole um yeah so i think it was also like making the comment that like not all disabled people are like saintly or perfect but my advice would to be like that kind of formula in making an essay go viral is like think about an experience you've had that's like wildly unique and like how can you open that up to the universal like the specificity can open it up to something really relatable that's so genius because that's exactly what it is it's how do you make the personal universal right and so yeah taking this like very yeah i think the oddness of that is so good (laughs) and then like we've all had like furtive grabs at camp yeah 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 you know yeah i remember i think one of my biggest ones was like the threesome that made me a lesbian oh yeah i love that one one or like i did throwing up while giving oral sex and learning a valuable life lesson but you don't know what the valuable life lesson was Mm -hmm. in the title but it turned out to be a sexuality thing Um, i thought gia made you a lesbian Gia was de- I, I've I've abused made me a lesbian. Oh okay. I I, I had a threesome that made me a lesbian. Yeah. Gia made me a lesbian. <laughs> that's um, a really clicky title. Thro- yeah. Anything, anything that throwing up during lesbian, oral sex go viral, made me like, a lesbian. Yeah. It's too bad I, I, I can't saw... use the made me a lesbian yet. <laughs> Not yet. I mean after, after today. After today. Made me a lesbian. Um, <laughs> Podcasting so. with Zara and Dana. <laughs> So, okay, and so what? So that happens. Instagram was a thing. And so suddenly you get all these followers, yeah. right? And then how do you nurture and keep and entertain these people now that they found you? That is the number one thing that people need to, if you mm-hmm. write something that does well and goes viral, you have to then be really strategic about what you post next because these yep. people are so fickle and if the next post you do is com- something completely different than what they signed up for, like I like to think of my Instagram as a publication almost, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, would this publication have this article? No, it mm-hmm. wouldn't. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's something I did without realizing. As soon as something did really well, I would A, write every single person back. And I would spend like hours a day. I still do. I would say I still spend two hours, five days a week on answering DMs. And it's sometimes torturous and boring or sometimes scary. I mean, I've gotten really weird DMs, I'm sure you can imagine. 
<laughs> but I always take the time and write something thoughtful and just answer and engage. And then people feel special, yeah. you know, and do you find the the holding them? Like if I get a big upsweep, I might even take something I did two years ago and like repost it. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you're like, you've taught me so much with that. Like, I think you're like the master at that. And I was, I was actually like a really big fan of Zara's before we worked together and became friends. And, you oh, know, I story. emailed her and she wrote me back. But then as I got closer to her, I see, I saw like the effort she put into cultivating these relationships with uh, followers and readers. And it's not easy. And it sounds, it's fun and it's flattering, but it's also definitely work. Yeah. And I think that you have like a very, very special thing that you maintain. And like, even if you just like look at the comments on like Zara's Instagram, they're like hella specific. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it really, like it'll be like, how how's your dog doing on Prozac? And it'll be like a follower from like a Not million well. miles away, you know? Right. And I think Zara does such an amazing job of like being accessible, but also being like aspirational. Like she's cool and people want want to follow her like and, and want to be like her and want to know what she's doing, what she's wearing, but she's also like super accessible and yeah. that taught me a lot in like fostering relationships with like my followers and i'm i'm not really good at it because i have no boundaries like but I'm that's, just, i think like, that's very useful that's I, I agree i completely agree i think people come to you for for that and also just i got like codependent like in a weird way but i i love it yeah. i get codependent too i just have to like peel back the layer because how i met dana is actually it relates to this i at the time was um executive editor of the magazine she's now executive editor at. It's Go Magazine. And I had just started and it was my first time in like an editorial position. I'd always just been the writer, like the talent, you know, so it was it was very new to me. And I got so many pitches all the time. And I'm very dis like my brain is very disorganized and I would like miss them and lose them. And my wife was like, oh, my God, I'm not snooping, but you just got I don't even think we were married at the time. I think we were just dating. But you got this amazing pitch. I just I, mm -hmm. I saw the subject line and I I clicked it open and I was like, OK, Megan, whatever. It's probably like another shitty pitch about why something is problematic that isn't. I don't know um, why, why the word queer does not yeah, encompass exactly. my pansexual identity. <laughs> right, like. right. Something really obscure. <laughs> and then it was Dana and it was this the way she pitched. I'd never heard anything like it. And I've been sitting in on pitch meetings and pitching for like five years at that point. She pitched, I remember it was an article about how you found your lesbian, le like basically how you found your girlfriend in a sea of college bros. But the way you like from the first line, I was hooked. Mm. It wasn't like we're going to because it was it gave me your voice. And I feel like that's something that when people lose when they're pitching they completely, mm -hmm. you were like, I could hear like a Long Island accent being like, <laughs> imagine you're in the grimiest, dirtiest <laughs> bar in Long Island. Imagine it's called the Dizzy Lizard. Imagine that times 10. Imagine, like it was so funny and I could hear you speak. And it's so rare that that happens, that I get pitched things like that. And then I was like uh, hired and then you now have my, my former job. But that's how it all began was a good pitch. Well, and I think that's also really great advice for, you know, so, so, if you have a book, not only do you, I feel like pitching now is more pitching to be quoted than pitching to write because, mm. you know, it's like Harrow. I'm always telling people, do you please tell me you use Harrow? What is wrong with no, you I don't women? Know, there's a lot of things wrong with that. Um, a lot of things wrong. <laughs> help a reporter out. So you subscribe to it and there are 
every every how could you not know as a journalist? I don't know. We I, people come to us. I okay. feel like but no, I no. Know. But so, but so, most journalists from the New York Times to your mother's blog are on Harrow saying okay. I need sources mm -hmm. for this story. Shit. So like it's gonna be like mental health sources and so you write in and then it's like i got quoted in fortune i was the lead i have students who are like the lead in salon pieces and so it's it's a great way to just have easy get in stories very easily right right so yeah and and so my point was that so if you're listening and you're not pitching to like write for publications right. but you're pitching to be quoted it's like be unique, be you, don't be too formal, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. Everything I got was so formal, so writerly, and you just had went in with the voice. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, that's. I would just say that to anybody, like, don't be afraid to be voicey. Yeah. That's, like, right. what drew me to you as, like, a fan and, like, drew you, like, to Anna. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's like, just that voiciness yeah. is so, like, underrated. It sounds obvious to say, like, be yourself. Like, it sounds kind of cheesy, but, like, that gets lost in like the literary world like quite easily whether you're Absolutely. giving a quote or you're pitching a magazine so yeah like i would say that to anybody no matter what your voice is your voice can be quite um understated but like you know just i remember he hearing um somebody said to me once you want your writing to have such voice that they know it's it's yours by the first line mm. yeah and i love that and i really i try and when i'm working with writers like help them with that yeah because it's so true you want someone to not have to look at your byline yeah it's like how they say a fashion icon is someone you could dress up as halloween as yeah you know they have such a distinct style that i feel like putting that into writing totally well, and it's like my favorite thing that anyone ever says to me about any of my books is I felt like I was hanging out with you. Yeah. Yeah. Intimacy. I mean, so I think that that's that's really good advice. So, OK, so so on Instagram, it's like doing like answering DMs, answering all the comments, just really acknowledging that this is a human being who is taking the time to care about you. So you should take the time to care about that. Right. And I think people get caught up in like. People on the internet sometimes think they're celebrities and they're not. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. So like be the best friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like actually, that's a great point. Yeah. don't be too cool. Like the internet is not, the, it's where people go to connect. Yeah. And they actually share really intimate things. And I have people that have shared like such incredibly intimate things and then also helped me when I'm writing something like have been another set of eyes, you know. Or, you or, also like really tap into your audience's for what they want. And oh, like yeah. you just go directly to the source. Yeah. Like yeah. when you were, you know, working on Girls on Jane, um, which is Zara's uh, uh, audio drama, you would just ask, like, would you guys prefer it in this medium or like this? Like you just go straight to the source because you're so engaged with your followers. You. So like that's, that's like cool though to have that too. relationship where you can literally just put out a call on an Instagram story and ask and yeah. have people answer. No, it's And gross. not like be like in the dark where your agent's saying like, well, I think, you're, you know, your people would <laughs> right. like this or whatever, you know? like Young girls you don't want to read this or such and such. Yeah. You're like, they don't because yeah. <laughs> and I mean that's what all the marketing people always say is ask your audience build in public so not just because you know you're giving them something they want but then people have ownership so they're yeah. way not just more likely to buy or mm. listen or engage but to recommend it yeah mm. so okay so so then Facebook you built up that before Facebook was evil are you a big Facebooker Dana no, I mean, I have to use it um, for Go Magazine, which is the, the magazine I work at, but it's 
it's to the point where like it'll flag things for having the word lesbian in yeah. it because it's like political or sexual content. So like I actually do think Facebook's pretty evil. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. You I can't agree. put the word lesbian, it flags it. We've it gotten always... yeah, we've gotten flags for the word lesbian or if it's like a picture of like women kissing, it's I forgot what the word is, but it's like sexually explicit or eliciting sex or something ridiculous like that. Dyke. Yeah. You use Dyke. We were suspended for like months. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. 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 So, but so does it like do, but you engage over there. I do. I would say it's a completely different audience. It's my biggest audience. It's like, I think I have like 115,000 and it's. It's a, it's an inter, it's more international, mm-hmm. you know, which can be good. Um, but I will say in the past couple of years, like Facebook's flagging of certain words, like I used to be able to post a personal essay, post all these things, and it would never get flagged and I would get so much engagement and Facebook has really stopped that. Um but I still think it's like underutilized. I mean, I think you should just put your stuff as a, on as many things as possible. I mean, obviously you don't want to waste time like i'm not doing tiktok because mm-hmm. i know i'm never going to be good at i'm not going to fucking dance on tiktok like i'm like i find it sometimes so embarrassing oh, well i wonder if we should i mean maybe I mean, we should i do go through this too and you guys are younger than it. me but like i mean i thought instagram was bullshit for four years right and so i, I got late yeah. and instead i know then i'm just like should i be doing this tiktok thing and then you then somebody random is like i just got one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars in a week so it's kind of like cryptocurrency and nfts like do yeah. you ignore it or do you do it i want to do the crypto and yeah, the nfts a hundred percent the tiktok yes but i also have to think like these things take time to do well like i don't think people i think people just think we post and like the captions, I spend a long time yeah. on my freaking captions yeah. and my images and to think of it. And then the live streams. I mean, I do Facebook Live. We do Instagram Live together all the time. And it's time consuming. And being an Instagram person isn't my full-time job. Yeah, Writing mm-hmm. is. So yeah. it's like you yeah. get to a place where you're just in front of the screen all the time that sometimes I think is it better to do a couple things really well or should you be everywhere? Facebook for me is very easy yeah. because it's just posting an article and then engaging with the comments. But TikTok is, it takes time, I think. Yeah. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. I mean, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Well, it's like that thing that we were saying in when we were recording your podcast about like um, people act like they don't talk about how hard things are. They're just like, and mm-hmm. this just yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, so that's what I'm delusional and think it can just happen on TikTok, but I'm sure that's not true. I tried to make one and like I've never felt more like actually dumb in my life. Yeah. Like it was ha- it was hard. It was yeah. like as if it's you asked hard. me to like split the atom. Like I could not <laughs> like I felt like a boomer. Like I, just, I mean I've made yeah. a few and they're all really bad. Like well, so, no, so even bad. just the editing and the thing. The editing, I had the same experience. Very confusing. Yeah. I, I was very intimidated by it. Yeah. So yeah. Like I think it wouldn't I think it would behoove our careers to do it but the time that it would take for me to even like master it like I don't know if that would like 
pay off. And then also, again, like, what am I going to do on it? And be like, hoo-hoo. Like, because, like, everyone is always, like, dancing. <laughs> well, some like, of them are so – I find yeah. them so I feel like cheesy. you could go viral on TikTok. You yeah. have, like, a thing. I know. You know? But, but look, it, we're talking about books. Yes. So book talk is yeah. a big thing. And do you read that and go – I, I I think our stuff is too edgy because I think it's teens, teens, and it's maybe not appropriate. I have no idea. I, I don't really – can you tell me what it is? Book talk is like these teenagers go on TikTok and, like, talk oh. about some mm. book they love, and it, like, sells like crazy. Mm. You know, I've been tagged in a few well, things we like go. Um, I don't know. I mean, teenagers are watching Euphoria. I don't think – I don't think things are too – yeah. Like, have you seen Euphoria? Of course. Yeah. Of I course. mean, I feel like that's, I feel like actually there's a new generation. I, there was one generation that was super lame. We talk about this all the time. And in fact, we had to placate them a lot in mm -hmm. our writing, like very uptight, overly PC. Um, didn't seem like they actually socialized and went out in the world. And now there's this generation of teens that's like grew up on Euphoria and like they're very open-minded without being precious. Yeah. They hate the think pieces. They want personal essays. Um, and I feel like I I'm I'm doing pretty well with them. And they actually yeah. buy books. Yeah. And talk about them. Yeah. So maybe book talk is like a real like right. untapped medium. As long as their parents don't find out. Well, I think what you have to do yeah. is you have to, yeah, you have to befriend that them. <laughs> like right. we don't go on and go like, oh, my book is awesome. Like you get one of them. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. But so okay, and um and so when your book came out specifically, how did you use Instagram and Facebook to get them to buy it? Um, so I I let them in on the whole process. Like before I got the book deal, when I got I got 38 rejections, I, I told them that. Mm. Um, I, t I shared some of the feedback. I shared how I felt so bad about myself. Um, I shared when I got it. I, I took them through the – like almost every day I would do a story like this is how many words I did and – you know, I'm struggling today or today's been fucking amazing. And I felt like I ha they felt so a part of it. And I constantly told my audience, like, I have this because of you. Mm. And like, this is you really are. And it's not I know it sounds like bullshit, but like having them as followers for so many years. And I mean, I got engaged on Facebook Live, which sounds really dark. Like, we, I feel like I've been through shit. How did you manage that? My wife proposed to me on my Facebook Live show. <laughs> oh, wow. I know she's so, like, calculated. But um, <laughs> it was actually, it was, it was awesome. It was amazing. So I, I feel like having them, again, not doing the whole this is easy. Yeah. Like, I've been, I, I have yeah. friends that are like, I've been quietly writing a book. And now it's, you know, it's coming out and it's like they're very removed. They don't talk about. And then when I see them at a party, I'm like, how was it? They're like a nightmare. I got all these rejections. This happened. And I find if you tell your audience, not in a way that's going to make your publisher look bad. But if you say this is one of the hardest things, it's right. so hard to get a book deal. Even if you're an incredible writer with a huge following, it's hard to get a book deal. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that was a big part of it. And then. Of course, like doing excerpts from the book. And more than that, though, talking about like this specific moment in the book was this like I take a picture of that time. Like this mm. is a scene from like London when I was at my worst. Oh, that's really good. And da 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 da. Mm. And like I was such a shell. And like in this chapter, I made a Spotify playlist for each chapter and then asked them what they would 
like put in each chapter. I again, I'm having one of my short circuits. I would ask them how they would score that particular chapter, and oh, it became good. really kind of that was the best. Yeah, yeah. I felt like a collaborative. I always like to make it collaborative. Yes, yes. Tina, do you have anything to add to that? You you did some live readings too, like Instagram mm. live. You did my book um, launch. Yeah, it was also a really weird it was time, because, time. Um, the pandemic of the pandemic. But I think that, like, in a way that really had you tap in to how good you are with social media. And, like, I'm sh- like I'm not saying it was not disappointing to not be able to have, like, an in-person book tour. But, like, all the mediums that you tapped into, particularly Instagram, to sell the book. Um, like, I just thought it was, like, from, a from like, a friend and, like, a fan and just, like, someone that was with you. Like, I just found that very impressive. You know, because you could either be like, fuck, I can't go on a book tour or you could, um, you know, like really figure out like ways like how am I going to sell this book? What would I be doing in person on a book tour? How would I be capturing people with either my personality or like interacting with them personally? And how can I translate that to Instagram? I think that even we we did um, together. I I interviewed Zara like as like we had like a book launch party. Mm. Um, was it really a party? It was like us like having champagne by ourselves. No, but, but it was an amazing. And that's something I want to say is that I see sometimes I see friends do their book launches and they have somebody who maybe has clout interview them, but they don't know each other mm-hmm. and it's very static. And I think going, I wanted to go, Dana has so much clout and we have a very, people think of us as a brand almost. We have a podcast together. We write together. We Mm -hmm. write poems. I mean, we're like the same person basically to the point where I say like, we have one arm. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, I think I'm like, I'm like, we need to jump the line because we have it. I know. I was going to say, Dana's your left arm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Have people said that before? (laughs) No, I actually know. But I, that is kind of um, your book title similar to that. But, um. But I had someone I felt so comfortable with Mm. and we could joke because I agree what you were saying on our podcast, humor is so important. I I didn't feel like I had to be literary and I feel like such a fraud in the space because I don't have a college degree. I was the most fuck up kid you've ever met. I barely, I went to, I graduated from a high school called the Achievement Center. Like if that's not a second (laughs) chance school, I don't know what is. So I always feel like such a fraud in the space and I, I actually don't, I'm not impressed or enjoy that sort of static literary world and my audience isn't that anyway so like having someone that you just feel so comfortable with who's a friend I found that we got so much engagement there was there was a lot of engagement on that that and we cried we laughed yeah it was really fun you cried Um, I thought you don't cry I I, you know what that was one of the few times and it was only because we were reading like a very dark like sexual molestation yeah yeah and I was actually shocked and I was like oh I'm gonna go with this yeah and then the second I like had that the tears dried up Right, right, yeah. Right. But I actually got—I was shocked. I got like, like a voice shake. Oh. But also, you had tears, and that helped. Yeah, yeah. I'm—I cried I'm very also crying easily. Like, I'm like, this is a disaster. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> the book's not going to sell. I'm so depressed. I've gained forty pounds. So it's probably a combination. <laughs> many, many things. <laughs> yeah. But so, okay. So you do. So it, the party was you two sitting in a room. Like, yeah. We, my house, we, did, time we in did a New Facebook live. It was a Facebook live. It was a Facebook was- live. And then we recorded it and put it on Instagram. I mean, we put it everywhere, but I think... It was a very personal conversation. But we went with Facebook Live for the initial thing. And you promoted the hell out of it. And we had lots of people tune in. We did it on your writer's page. Yeah, my writer's page. Um, Yeah. And that's a question. Do you think that writers should have a, a separate page or they should keep their personal pages on Facebook? 
I mean, you should definitely have a separate page. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, like, on my page, n n nobody cares. It, it's, like, mostly Indian men, frankly. and um, There's a lot of that yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. So they <laughs> like photos that are sexy, but right. they don't care about, like, my posts about books. Whereas if I did that on my personal one, which I, I don't really do my personal one very much because it's, like... Right. Like, my, you know, fans are far more impressed than friends. Friends mm -hmm. are, like, not going to engage. My friends with, like, didn't anything. even read my book. Yeah. <laughs> they don't read your book. And they're like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. They're this like, so sorry. I just have really bad ADD. I'm like, well, you take <laughs> Adderall like, take to Adderall. Yeah. You can take Adderall to read my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was listening to your podcast where you were talking a little bit about, like, friends and having them review. Like, I really, that was a painful one is that when you your close friends don't even I know. really support you. But at the same time time so many of my followers did and I forgot yeah. about this and I think you did too because we were staying together in the pandemic because we're clearly like have codependency issues. <laughs> how does your wife feel about this I mean her wife was with us too oh okay I, yeah okay. It was like a, so it was I get like it so there's a threat or like weirdness yeah. no god no um though we joke that we're like in a quad yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but I completely forgot about this and I think you did too I gave everyone an incentive to pre-order the book and because I didn't have enough money for swag they got a, they got a handmade do you remember the bookmark it was like the bane of everyone wanted to kill me yeah so if you pre-ordered the book I personally made you like and I draw a little bit so yeah. I made you a bookmark with this with your like your own like affirmation from the book and then sent it in the mail to you and it turned into it was great because then people posted it they're like can't wait for you know but the amount of time like I'd be up till three in the morning and I'm such a perfectionist that I it just drove everyone nuts they're like can you just spend three hundred dollars and get fucking stickers like yeah, it's, it's and the then they would get where... lost in the mail because it was covid so the mail was a mess and then every day we had to go to the post office every single day like, we had to go to the post and then you'd be like totally disassociated like no nah, I could be like a Zara oh my god the worst thing happened my whole family died and you'd just be like feverishly drawing and you'd be like okay <laughs> yeah like well and the post office in New York is traumatic it's traumatic in LA like yeah. it's just yeah. like I just find errands very traumatic. Yeah. Very well, in New York. Yeah. yeah. Everything. <laughs> very traumatic. Yeah. And during the, the pandemic. Supermarket. Fucking. Yeah. I haven't gone in years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So you had to go back when I lived there. Side note. Um, so, but, but so, yes, I don't know if you listened to my episode about should you do swag or not. I didn't, but I, I saw that in the queue. Yeah. Like, n nobody cared about my swag. I did, like, for Party Girl. I made shorts that say like reformed party girl that are the cutest things. Like I put together these gorgeous packages and to, like recovery influencers and literally got no response friends yeah. from from many. And then some I was like, did you get it? Yes. Thank you. Nobody posted. Uh, so, yeah. No, I mean, any press people or friends I gave anything to didn't do anything. It was just like. Fo like diehard followers yeah. like on Long Island listening to Lana Del Rey like they they posted <laughs> yeah which is why I Reformed care about party them. girl shorts sounds adorable I really yeah. I mean I, we're and, not really and I got so bitter my bitterness can serve me that I was like I'm gonna start a reform party girl line yeah. and I actually did buy the domain and I actually my 12-step store is selling those shorts um, which is just a 12-step store. It's a really cute store. Oh, my it God. I want to get really – no, I want, yeah. I want the shorts. Yeah. I we're thought getting about bringing you the shorts. Oh, we're going to order. But then we're I was like, will she be, like, offended by Reformed because she's still kind of, like, an active? I mean, you know? We're, like, Reformed enough. I don't care. I, I just think it's cool. Yeah, I just think it's funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have like, – yeah, stickers. I have the thing. No one cared. I, Swag is fun yeah. to make unless it's you making it. And then – but I don't think it – 
For yeah. me, it never served much yeah, purpose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, mean, we were saying we kind of would buy. Like I'm now that I know you have these whore. shorts, like, yeah, I we're kind of swag whores. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyone I'm a fan of, I usually like will like have a swag moment. Mm. Um, like I'm actually genuinely gonna buy the refined reform. Yeah, no, we shirt. both will. Um, so like I, I don't know if I'm just like a very small like, like po- what, what population of people that like actually do that. I'm a yeah. shopaholic as well. Right. So I don't know if I'm a, a good like example of that, but I love swag. We're also very fangirly by nature. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't and know I'm if like everyone un- is. I'm an unabashed fangirl. Yeah. Right. Like a little embarrassing. Yeah. Right. Um. Like, I'm surprised we didn't show up in, like, matching reform party girl shorts. I mean, if I we mean, had no, that's 100%. <laughs> and you know we're going to do, like, an Instagram live, like, in full regalia. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, so our thing. Go to my 12-step store. He has, like, literally a corner of my shit. So oh if you're true God. fangirls. No, we really and it are. Is in West yeah. Hollywood, and then cut so. to us with, like, foam fingers. It's like, Anna's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> There's a party girl corner. I'm making this whole podcast about me. No, but, I like, love this. Did, this is, did you know this guy that I know? I who's saw a it all, artist? but it was, uh, you have to tell Dana because she's going to love this. I've seen it on Instagram. Yeah. Gorgeous. So yeah, basically I met a graffiti artist at a party and he told me that he, he paints these like boxes um, on, you know, around LA. Whenever I say paint boxes, it sounds like, I hate saying that. Like I wish it had another thing. It just sounds weird. Um, And I was like, how much to do a book cover? He's like $600. I know. And so it's like this iconic corner four sides i had a girl um who who t- dm'd me and was like i just got to la i want to go take a picture at that corner um where is it so i forgot my point i smell a shoot for us yeah i mean yes girl that would be a perfect yeah but also maybe you need uh like a, a girls on jane kind of like box girls painted yeah, yeah definitely i love it i love it so much i've had a couple friends do it afterwards it's i think it's such a and it's unique i want like even if it's not effective i'm just a sucker for those things oh it's Mm -hmm. not effective i don't think it's just fun it's so fun um fun is more important than effective because we cannot control this fickle audience but okay so we have to we have to sort of think about wrapping up which is tragic um but so what else is like what tips would you give see if if somebody listening does not have the luxury of going viral and is like, oh, I've got 200 followers on Instagram, what am I supposed to do? What act, should they do? Act like they're 200 million, like treat them with the care. Mm. I mean, that's still 200 people, people. and treat them. I, I When I had like a thousand followers, I did the same thing. I think just treat them with the same amount of care that you would. I hear so many people say, writers in particular, I don't have a big following. And I'm like, but you have a hundred. Mm-hmm. Those a hundred people are reading your stuff, like answer them. And then I see that they have comments and they don't even like Respond. heart them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like don't even just heart them, reply Respond. to them, build yeah. a relationship. And that comments on that person's stuff. Right. Yeah. And then, and follow them back. That's the other thing. Like don't be too cool to follow yeah. them back. I want to know what my audience is doing. Yeah. So I'm in touch with them. I don't want to know what like an influencer's green smoothie is. That's not my audience. It just makes me feel bad about myself. I have a question. You know how there are all these spam comments now that are like t- tag no, mental health. Yeah. Do you leave them on so it looks like more comments? Because I do. I do. fully do. I usually respond. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You I do. I respond to everything. I mean, it's an algorithm thing too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. just nice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I would say 
um definitely follow all of those people back um don't ever be too cool but um kind of like what we were talking about on girls interrupted with like a thousand true fans like if you are doing what you're doing well 200 people doesn't seem like a lot but if you're reaching genuinely reaching 200 people that is a, an amazing foundation to build something and then you know like the degrees of separation like where you can branch off from that so um i would just stay very engaged with those the, that mm. you know group of followers but then also don't be afraid to do the kind of corny things to increase your following mm. which would be you know like the quote cards and 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 having people share things and tag a friend tag a friend you know th- corny things like that that kind of like get out of your comfort zone because those things do work and they're a little embarrassing. But even if you get, like, even 20 more followers from that, if those 20 followers are genuinely engaged with your material, that's 20 more people so that are true. supporting you and are going to read your book when it comes out. So. Except I, you know, have 22,000 followers. And guess what? 22,000 people did not buy my book. So well, we're going to find that. the ones that didn't. You are going to hunt them together. down with your Reform Party girl, wearing your Reform Party girl. Exactly. I'm going to beat them with my prosthetic. I, and that thing is heavy. <laughs> Our prosthetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love those tips. Is there anything else that they need to know? These people, these wonderful people out there. I see all of you, by the way. <laughs> I would I would DM all of you if you could do that on a podcast. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, we, we sort of touched on this. Don't ever think that your like niche is too small. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like people are like, but it's so niche. It's never going to. Like, that's what does well, especially now, like specificity. I I use this um, comparison a lot, especially when people say like, you know, oh, maybe like you being, I've gotten this before, like, are you you being gay is going to alienate like a straight audience, which Mm. most of my followers are straight girls. Um, I'm like, but we watch shows about like obscure cults and like (laughs) Mormons and we love them and we're fascinated. So people are, are interested in new concepts that, and again, as long as it's human and relatable, mm-hmm. like people are going to be engaged. But we're also voyeuristic. And especially right now, we love these like small docuseries about some weird, like weird um, niche thing on the Internet. Totally. So don't ever think it's too small. Yeah, that's great. I would go back to the voice thing. I know we talked about it, but just really lean into your voice. And of course, they say write about what you know, but like write about like how, how write how you speak and how you sound mm, and yes. really lean into you know, what what you know and how, like, you would deliver that information and, like, be yourself is, like, the world's most cliche dumb thing. But it's – I think it's been the most, like, lucrative, successful – the more myself I am, the more yeah. I get rewarded. The more unabashed I am, the more it, – and it's, it's very hard. Like, I'm not saying, like, this industry is easy, but the more I kind of lean into being myself, like, the, the more I'm kind of drawing in, like, what I want. So true. What a good note to end on. You girls are brilliant. Thank you. Um, How can the people find you? Social media at Zara Berry. Um, Dana and I have a podcast called Girls Interrupted. It's girls with a Z. 
Um, and we are every on all platforms every week. We also have at Girls Interrupted um, Instagram. It's at Girls Interrupted Media. At Instagram. Girls Interrupted Media. I'm the worst. I have a serialized audio drama that is being compared to Euphoria and Sex in the City, except gay. Um, so go check that out. It's on also all uh, podcast platforms. It's called it Girls called? on Jane. Girlsonjane.com. You can get it there too. And Dana... And I am Dana at Dana Troisi, Dana with a Y. So thank you. Dana with a Y. Whoa. That just, just changed yeah. my entire perception of everything that just happened. Oh my God. I just <laughs> a big like speller when I hear someone's name. Right. It just changed everything. I can't Mind imagine blood. you any other way. <laughs> okay, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Please go follow these women. They're fabulous. I will talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and please don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company Legacy Launchpad Publishing is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for well, next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.